All right, welcome back to the Launch Goal Podcast. Today we have John and Adam Isom, brothers who went through Launch Goal Core plus Capstone at the same time, but not simultaneously. They were in different Capstone cohorts. So how are you guys doing today, Adam and John? Great to be here. Uh, this is Adam. Yeah, this is John. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And it's really interesting um, to have your story here because you went through it kind of together, but at different paces. And you both uh, did Capstone, both ended up uh, kind of coincidentally at the same company. And so you're working at the same company now. Um, but before we get that, let's talk about a little bit about your background and sort of just general introduction. Okay, uh, this is Adam. I had aspirations of being a software engineer for multiple years before I uh, started launch school. I took a couple courses when I did my first bachelor's in psychology and I learned a little more on the side and uh, I also did a coding boot camp a few years ago. Oh, you did? What, what, what year was, was that? That would have been uh, early to mid 2016. Okay. And that was just like a traditional, like three month or four month. Yeah. It, it was okay. a traditional boot camp. Okay. And so after that, you didn't get a job or didn't feel yeah. like you were qualified or something that prompted you to end up at launch school, right? Yeah, that's right. I was going through some personal stuff during that boot camp, and just overall, I didn't feel qualified for a job. And so I didn't bother looking, which interestingly and unprompted for you, but I pointed out this a few times on online forums means that I was excluded from their stats, which I've always thought is not a super honest way for them to compute their stats. Um, you're talking about the boot camp that you that you finished. They, yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yep. So uh, after that, I uh, uh, took some time to get my bearings on life, and I started uh, a job outside of programming. Although over a couple of years, I got into positions that were increasingly closer to programming. Um, I worked as a, like a business analyst. That was my last job. Um, looking at code uh, and talking to programmers a lot, but I, I definitely wasn't wasn't satisfied with that job for a few reasons. Um, so I decided to pursue an online bachelor's in computer science after learning about Western Governors University's program. Wow! So this is like 2017, maybe 18 now or 17. 18. Yeah, 18. this would have been. This is actually I don't think I started the degree until. Well, yeah, it was late 2018. I started that. Okay. So working as an analyst and then concurrently doing uh, your online bachelor's in computer science. That's right. So I did okay. that for a little while. Um, you already have a bachelor's, right? This is your second bachelor's. That's right. I do. Bachelor's in psychology. So how did you get to launch school then? Yeah. So I don't know how I learned about launch school, um, but when I did, it wasn't something I was willing to really dive into and look at and commit at the time. This would have been a few years ago, probably. So I did what I do with a lot of things that I find online. I bookmarked it to review later. I was pretty excited about the prospect of getting into programming uh, as a profession before I found, really um, looked at, gave launch school a second look, a second serious look. Um, so I, I helped John get into it as well in high school, and he'll talk more about that. Okay, that's interesting. Well, yeah, we'll pause here a little bit. So this is where you told John, actually, so you found launch school, Adam, but you didn't really take any further action. And then you told John who was at the time still in high school. I didn't tell John about launch school. Um, I saw that he might be interested in programming as well. 
So I tried teaching him a little with the little knowledge that I had. How many years old are you? So you're 2016, you were uh, doing a boot camp, but you graduated like a little bit before that. That's right. Yeah, I'm 10 years older than him. So yeah, so at the time he was still finishing high school about 17, then I would have been 27. And you're 27. Okay, yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll switch over to John then. So John's in high school as a junior or senior at this point. And yeah, so this is John. I was a senior in high school. Yeah, Adam was teaching me a little bit, you know, on evenings and weekends. We were looking at some cool, like free learn to code um, resources together, learning JavaScript and, and that sort of thing. And it was kind of fun. At around that same time, I also took a course in my senior year of high school for programming and, you know, participated in like a 24 hour coding camp. And that was a lot of fun. That's, and I kind of realized, you know, this is a pretty good career as far as they go. It's the bar isn't super high. You earn a good income and there's the ability to move up and keep learning more and getting into these better paying roles. Plus programming itself is just a little bit meditative and fun in its own regard. So how did you come across launch school eventually? I mean, eventually you two must have talked about it at some point. Yeah. So this was in the summer of 2019 after I graduated from high school. So I just graduated a few months earlier. And so I was over um, with Adam and we were doing a little bit of, you know, study. He introduced me to launch school. This was about a month, I'd say, before I was set to start attending the University of Utah in a bachelor's of computer science program. So wow. So you were that so this was, uh, if school starts in August, this would have been like July that summer before you're supposed to start your freshman year of college? Yeah, it would have been probably about mid to late July. Wow. I did not know it was that close. So so within like a month, you decided to not go to college? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the funny thing. I was already accepted. I had a scholarship um, in the honors program pre-select. Um, pre-admitted to that. So I was going to attend because the University of Utah has a good computer science program um, mm-hmm. as far as the universities in the state go. But yeah, Adam kind of sent a link my way. He told me a little bit about launch school and I listened. And at the time, he wasn't even in, enrolled in launch school. He just, just bookmarked it, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. this is Adam. Uh, I did just bookmark it. This was part of yeah. an ongoing conversation I had with John. Uh, where I was saying, you know, maybe you don't need to go to college. There are these various options. And then based on, uh, you know, John's personality and what I personally liked uh, when I reread that on school uh, bookmark, I thought this might be a good one for him. Interesting. So what did your family, parents say about this idea? (laughs) I mean, skipping college is a pretty big deal especially if it's like a month prior to your expected start date yeah so this is john again so once i looked into launch school a little bit more and began to seriously weigh that option compared to university and decided i had actually like to go ahead and pursue launch school instead i kind of talked to my dad he's actually very understanding and encouraging of me in that regard and Wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so he he trusted that I found a good program and he looked at it a little bit too and didn't see anything alarming there. And I also, 
<laughs> had to convince my grandmother lived with at the time because um, she wanted me to go to university. She wants all of her grandchildren to do well. Sure, obviously. Yeah. And going to college and getting that degree and getting a good job is one of those things that she just wants for us and thinks it's good. And so I've had a little bit of a tougher time convincing her, but um, and, and I, you were eighteen at the time, or <laughs> just trying to convince your grandmother that you're going to do this like crazy online program instead of, you know, you got a honors program at, at a good university. That that must have been. <laughs> I, I don't know how that conversation. You know, I, I think for me, like I don't think I would have been able to do that at eighteen years old. Like they must really trust you <laughs> to to even <laughs> entertain that conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, the choice just made sense when I compared the two, like the opportunity cost of lost income for not working for a few years, um, the price, the tuition on one versus the other, and as well as the quality of education and the direct applicability of it in lump school seemed a little bit higher than computer science generally for like web development and software engineering. Yeah, I, I think it's, Obviously, when you run the numbers, it feels like it makes sense. But I, I feel like the the sort of default inertia uh, or momentum, especially for you know very capable high school graduates, is is to push people to college, right? And so to even if it makes sense, it's like the, you, you still have to ha- have a certain out of the box thinking to deviate from that just tremendous momentum to push you towards college. I'm just kind of wondering where that came from. Was it just as simple as I'm going to run the numbers and whatever the numbers say, if that's the case, why do you do that? Like sophomore year in high school say, well, you know, I'm 16. I'll just start working now instead of finishing high school. Does that make sense? Like there's a, there's a default that we, I think we, like we all feel when we're that at that age, yeah. but you, you were able to somehow like kind of think beyond that, which I think is hard and unconventional. I, I can't exactly remember my exact uh my line of thought back then that was about two years ago um, <laughs> ancient times <laughs> in comparison but yeah um but it wasn't but I also that decision it wasn't just running the numbers I also had to weigh okay I'm gonna be substituting university um f- substituting that and doing launch school instead and that has its own implications so we had one other person um, before you, uh, Tanner, Tanner Allard, who also was in this podcast, I think season one or season two, I forget which season, but he talked about his path. He was, I think he was a little bit, he actually went to college, I think for a year and a half or so. But when he found lounge school, he came to a similar idea that he didn't have to finish college to get a great job. And he actually went through, went through Capstone, got a great job and actually got his bachelor's in computer science afterwards while making, you know, over six figures. Did, did that play a role at all in your thinking here in that like someone yeah. else around your age, I think he was a little bit older, like 20 or so and you're 18. Uh-huh. Did that, did that help? So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That makes me remember. I actually did look at, so he wrote like um, a blog post on like Hacker Noon or Media or one of those platforms. And I read it and it's quite interesting because here was another guy. He was young, maybe like 20, maybe 21. He was doing school, decided to drop out, do launch school, and that ended up getting a great job and then pursuing his bachelor's after. And that kind of made it a little bit more real to me that, yeah, this is an actual path that I can take. Somebody's already um, done it before and they've been successful in it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, yeah, from a mathematical standpoint, I think this is definitely 
uh, a valid path. Like even for you, John, now you're, you're on the other side of making six figures, right? You're, you're, um, and also you're enrolled in a, in a computer science program. So like your high school classmates might think, well, we'll have a college degree and you won't, but that's not true, right? You're just sort of doing it concurrently while working, while paying for your degree. Yeah. So it's like get the hundred K the six figure job first and then get your degree later um, while you're making that good money. And then, and it actually turns out I'll probably end up graduating about the same time they would or within a year or two. Yeah. And that's, that's great that you saw Tanner's path and basically replicated it. Like it actually happened for you exactly the same way, which is great. I think I recall um, talking to your dad because I was a little uncomfortable with how young you were. And I didn't want you to make a rash decision. And I remember, I don't know what I was expecting, maybe like a brainstorming session, but he was just like, yeah, no, I trust John. <laughs> Whatever John thinks, I'm good. And I was like, oh, wow. Hey, uh, this is Adam. Just to fill in the, the pieces a little bit, John has been more the, the golden child than the rest of his siblings. So that's, that's one reason his dad and his grandma were more willing to trust him. Um, he was just an upstanding citizen in high school, uh, like a drum major for his marching band. Uh, um, yeah, uh, another, another puzzle piece here is John wanted to do engineering, proper engineering, actually, before he turned towards computer science. Hmm. And I, th- I think I played a role in that, in that I was just sort of kept hammering this idea that software engineers actually make more money. Um, I've always been enamored by the big picture sort of things. I've been a reader of Hacker News for a long time, and I, it's just been apparent to me for years before I got into the field that software is eating the world. This is the, the career for the future. Um, if when you were to pick just one career, uh, other engineering fields are uh, more or less stagnant, relatively speaking. Mm. And uh, it's become increasingly a world where you don't need a degree. So I was a little bit preaching that gospel to maybe uh, precede before he, uh, I do remember I suggested to him, you know, maybe you don't need to go to college, do software. And, you know, he didn't want to do that. Um, but after learning some more, taking a course and excelling at that course in high school, he was, uh, he actually, I think, got the first prize in that hackathon on, uh, on a team. Um, he started coming more around to that idea and then I was actually a little surprised as well that he just made that that decision right before college. I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's, a, you know, that's a lot of pressure for me because I, you know, I think I know what I'm doing, but when people are making such dramatic life decisions, I'm always reminded of how, what a serious responsibility that is, right? So when Tanner did the same thing, dropped out of college to launch school, you know, John's not going to, you know, giving up a scholarship, giving up, you know, um, a great program to do launch school. There's just a lot of responsibility, I feel. And so I, I just feel like, you know, I have to have to make sure you know what you're getting into, make sure that, you know, we, we do the best thing we can to put you in the best position possible. Yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out. I want to add that um, if Adam had not been preaching the gospel, so to speak, or kind of like exposing me to software and these alternate paths and this sort of thing, I probably would have ended up going to university and getting like an engineering degree or something. Um, but Adam has been very helpful um, in that way and kind of showing me these novel new ideas that I didn't really know existed and kind of expanding my view. I love what you just said because I am not one of those like anti-college people, right? I think, I think college is great. It can be great, but it is overprescribed, right? It is overprescribed as a solution for every scenario. I think there's a lot of people 
in the world who judge success based on attending college. That's not the measure of success. It's like what you do afterwards, like in my opinion, right? It's kind of like in the startup world, the measure of success is how much funding you can close versus you know, what kind of product you build, what kind of customers you, you, you're serving. So I, I love that you're able to kind of see beyond that and yeah, see a different path. And again, you're not you know, skipping college, quote unquote, you're just doing it in a different order. Right. You're actually uh, when do you finish? Are you done with your degree, John? Or are you almost where you're going to finish? So I'm I'm working through it with WGU, Western Governors University as well online right now. Um, my first term is just closing up here. Um, so I I'm still working through it. I'm estimated. I'm probably about a third of the way through it right now. Hmm. And I've that's the program Adam was in prior to finding launch school, right? And Adam, are you are you for, you're further along, I guess? Or you that's done? That's right. I'm I'm mostly done. Uh, hopefully, finishing up by the end of September. We should do a compare and contrast, uh, or just your opinions on it, like maybe maybe towards the end. But first, I want to maybe skip over to your story, Adam. So so far, where we left off was you didn't really commit to launch school yet, but John did after just looking at it for a month before he was supposed to attend college. He did, and he committed to launch school. And then you were still in what position, Adam? You're still um, attending computer science courses and not not really looking at law school seriously yet? Or where were you there? That's right. I'm sure I talked about law school with John while he was looking at it. Um, I don't don't really recall. But at the time, I was working full-time and studying part-time with the uh, WGU program. So I wasn't I wasn't looking in, I wasn't starting to go through launch school, right? John started just going through it right away uh, and I didn't and I couldn't, but I did sense that, you know, it's a special opportunity to to study uh, alongside my brother when we're both clearly interested in uh, some of the same things um, like programming. And uh, so I looked into launch school some more after he committed and uh, I almost right away, uh, I decided when I was going to quit my job even if I didn't quit that, you know, right, right away, I quit within two months. Yeah. It was about two, two months after. So you, so you quit your job to do launch school? Two I did. Months after started? Wow. Okay. And then were you still doing your computer science program simultaneously? So you're just focused on learning then your computer science program and launch school and no job. That's right. I thought uh, at first I thought I would simultaneously do them for uh, a couple, few more months uh, because Western, I was in the middle of a Western governor's term, which are six months long, but uh, after, I don't know, a couple of weeks of lawn school, I realized that I wanted to just commit to lawn school and I would just have to forget about, uh, finishing some more courses that Western governor's term, because it was just slowing me down too much. Uh, funny thing, when I started lawn school, I started, a, one of the more intensive Western governor's courses, and it took me over three weeks full-time, um, developing a couple thousand line Python project. And it wasn't super fun because um, it was really a little bit, it was, it was just too much of a stretch for my ability. The Western Governor program is meant more for working professionals. So I was able to muddle through it, but it was painful. And it was clear that I wasn't um, doing it in, in a way that I was happy with. Like the actual programming, I wasn't systematic enough, hadn't mastered the fundamentals enough and so on. So I decided to focus full-time on law school after, um, after that three week long project. Wow. So you made a similar decision that John did then just a few months later, kind of like foregoing now your second bachelor's, but still foregoing a bachelor's program to focus on launch school. Yeah, exactly. And there was a bit of some 
sort of sunk cost that I gave up. I had already um, got a loan for that term in school, but I realized that uh, given law school's graduate statistics, I was still probably better off just forgetting about it. That's pretty um, gutsy. Um, uh, sort of both of you like kind of, you know, pushing aside the computer science programs to, to focus on law school. Was, was it just like our, our, our stats or our results or just kind of going through the, you know, John's gone through a couple of courses at this point, maybe, um, maybe just seeing sort of like, okay, this is not fake, right? This is like real, real training or something like that. Yeah, so this is John. So a lot of it was the stats, uh, the reporting of that, and also a lot of personal anecdotes that I've heard, namely Tanner Allard. But also the quality of the curriculum kind of spoke for itself because before I signed up and like committed to law school, I went through the prep work first and it was exceptionally high quality compared to anything I'd ever gone through before. And the same was true for the very first uh, paid course as well. And I felt that this is well worth it. And I was in good hands in that sense. This is Adam again. I've, I've uh, done beginner coding material resources a few times, like free code camp for a few hundred hours. I've done, I've done this a, a false start, a uh, false start uh, two or three times in the past, including at bootcamp. So although I can't remember the specifics right now, I, I noticed a lot of small things, right, about, about the intro curriculum, because at that point, I, I was comfortable with, with the very basics of programming, so I could focus more on reflecting on how the curriculum was structured and the choices that were made pedagogically. And I don't know, I was just really impressed. Um, so that, that was a factor for me as well. I didn't know that both of you actually made these choices. It was really, really interesting to hear that parallel. So how was it working through core together, but but not through the same material? Sort of, Adam, I guess you're a little bit behind John um, at this point. How, how did that, was there advantage, disadvantage, like studying together, even though you're looking at different topics and maybe at a different pace? So this is Adam um, looking through Rhodes Colored Glasses, so to speak. It was basically the best time ever getting to study lawn school all day, not having to worry about anything else. Um, John and I, we lived with our grandma. So I had to do my separate job of convincing her that um, I thought this program was gonna work out for me, right? I quit my job. So I guess I, I, guess I can be persuasive at times. Um, but you know, anyway, I managed to uh, to convince her and it did all work out. She lives, my grandma lives right next to university campus, actually where I got my first degree. John and I, we would bike up every morning at like 7 a.m., right? Like right after sunrise. And we would bike up to uh, the main library on campus and just find our happy place, just find a secluded alcove and just study there all day. Mm -hmm. We would pack peanut butter sandwiches, not fancy. Um, but it's sort of asceticism that I can go in for sometimes, mm -hmm. right? That, that was life. It was just studying lawn school, eating peanut butter sandwiches in the evenings, sometimes playing tennis or watching, uh, like James Bond or Westworld. And, and it was, it was a good life for that whole, whole time going through core. Mm -hmm. It's just, when you only have one, this is John, by the way, when you, just like being able to devote all of my energy and time into launch school is kind of a unique circumstance, I take it. Most people, they have other obligations and responsibilities to attend to, like a family or work or that sort of thing. 
but I have the luxury of being able to go through launch school and solely through launch school and just worry about almost nothing else, just kind of getting sucked in. And, and it was just, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a great experience going up together, you know, studying in the same place. We might not have been in the exact same spot in the curriculum, but going up and uh, studying together and not really worrying about anything else. Uh, that was fun. And I think that that did help me get through um, the entirety of the core curriculum. I mean, that sounds like you basically crafted your own idyllic college experience, because that's basically, you know, the dream college experience, right? Study um, and then play tennis and then watch James Bond, <laughs> pretty much what, what, what we all hope for in, in, in that experience. So John, you you maintained your pace. Do you know how do you remember how long it took you to finish core doing it full time? Um, yeah. So I started core what about the middle or end of August? It took me if I recall. August? Say again? what year? August? Oh, 2019. Remember? Sorry. Right. 2019 of late August and to the beginning of September. And I went through the core curriculum in about eight and a half months. I think I finished what I finished the core curriculum in about mid April. And then you did the May uh, capstone cohort. Yeah. And then after that, I did the capstone cohort that started in mid May. Okay. And then Adam, obviously a few months behind you did, uh, wasn't able to make that one, but didn't make the following cohort. So you, so both of you were, were doing law school, but sort of maintaining that same pace. Uh, of, you know, you being a few months ahead, it sounds like. Uh, this is Adam. Yeah, that's right. John, John was about two months. I started launch school early October of 2019, but I was still doing WGU at the time. So I effectively started late October of 2019. And okay. yeah, and then I finished core, um, let's see, when was that? I don't know, about nine or 10 months later. Maybe August. Like, so it sounds like you also took like eight or nine months. Yeah. And then you did the fall cohort, which started in September. <laughs> yeah, the fall 2020 cohort, finishing yeah. up around January, February 21. Yeah, and this is John. I'd like to add that we were studying law school full time, more than 40 hours a week, most weeks. Um, so because we didn't have anything else on our plate, it's just fun. We just went out and we studied maybe 50 hours a week, 60 hours in some cases. And that's one reason we were able to finish uh, quite quickly and it's also what um, was, was having each other like an advantage you feel or did it feel like um because we had we have other I re, i've recorded other podcasts with sort of groups of people and they've always said it's been helpful to have other people um but they were going the same pace they were kind of pulling each other along if someone were going a little bit faster they would kind of pull the other people along but you two are, are not that case you, you didn't really wait for each other you just kind of go at your own pace was that, was that still okay in terms of working with each other and just keeping each other motivated? This is Adam. Uh, yeah, I think it was fantastic to study um, side by side. I'll get back to that. John didn't want to be held up. Uh, I'm sure I brought it up once or twice. It'd be really cool to do capstone together, but John's ambitious and he wanted to go as fast as possible. I didn't want to wait, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but sometimes I wonder how people can manage to push them th themselves through something this big without... Um, without somebody mm -hmm. doing it with somebody in some sense yeah and that's that's really strong um because i think that any significant change any significant commitment that's out of the box is a lot easier um with with someone else yeah and we were 
kind of accountability of partners in that aspect, making sure we both show up every day. I mean, we lived together, we went to the same places together. So that made it a lot easier that way. The default became going out and studying together, which is quite helpful. And I know that um, trying to do something like that by yourself is going to be a lot more challenging since you have to rely solely on yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's just helpful to have that, you know, that partner to do things with. Yeah, the yeah. default action, the default environment, right? If you're by yourself, the default might be just browsing YouTube or whatever, right? Watching TV. Um, whereas if you're in a study group, then the default is hopefully studying. So yeah, I, I, I see this all the time. I think definitely for the mo for most people, having a group is important. And this is why I think one of the most underrated aspect of law school is community, right? Community people, dedicated people who are who are serious about studying, who want to become good, good, good students, if not already are. But there are, you know, life situations different. Sometimes people have families and kids and jobs. And so they have to maintain a schedule. They have three hours a day that they've set aside and that's it, right? And if other people can fit in those three hours, then they'll work with them. If they can't, then they'll work by themselves. So, um, but yeah, I do think working as a group is definitely, um, the, the best, the cost is, you know, more time, more commitment, not less, right? Right. Yeah, this is Adam. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm sure it would have been much more difficult if, uh, for, for me, if I had uh, been married, had a kid and so on. But uh, I, I was lucky in that way. And I'm amazed that some people still make it work. Um, and you're absolutely right about default environment. I think that's a critical point that I've always paid attention to. Um, yeah, you got to make it work for you one way or another, setting up the right, the right habits and, and system. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Chris, is just if you think that it would be appropriate to have a, give a quick blurb about the spot community that did not exist when John went through or when I went through. Mm -hmm. I've only been keeping very minimal tabs on it, and I've been very impressed by this, um, by the community of students that have been more and more self-organizing into study groups. Have you done a podcast with spot leaders yet? That's forthcoming. That's forthcoming for sure. And definitely want to highlight the spot um, for anybody listening who is not aware of that. That's our peer organized uh, study sessions and they're very organized. They're very professional and they're, they're doing a great job because there's only so many slots that our staff can fit in terms of study sessions, right? It's not going to fit. We have a worldwide community with different time zones and, and, and all that. So the spot has stepped in nicely. And um, yeah, one of the major goals is to help facilitate community, help facilitate peer-to-peer -peer learning. This is um, this is the place to do it. I think, you know, I'll put it out there. I think we have the best community around in terms of study. You know, every, every community has a culture and I believe ours is uh, one of studiousness. Um, and in my opinion, that attribute studiousness is what employers are looking for. Um, so, I, the fact that we have so many people here focused on that attribute is a huge advantage. And if you're here at Launch School, take advantage of it. Yeah. And, and I think not having that, um, yeah, that, there's a reason why we added it <laughs> or there's a reason why it came, came to be, right? Because so many people were kind of in need of this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having it grow more and more and supporting it and definitely yeah, bringing, bringing the, the organizers onto the Launch, uh, Launch School podcast. 
Uh, and I do want to point out the one thing though uh, is some existing programs, they try to get away with just having peers teach each other. And I'm a little skeptical on that. I think uh, I found the foundation of having your, um, your assessments is important and a significant investment that, that some programs might skip over. Um, but I'm really glad that you have that foundation and spots is building on Right, it's not peer teaching. I, the way I think about it is this, our curriculum is our sort of skeleton that we can hang other things off of. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, that's where you learn. Like you don't have to participate with anything. You just self-learn through the curriculum by itself. That's fine. But if you have extra time or if you're willing to work with others, um, then we have the structure in place that will fill in a lot more context and also address some of these other things that I frankly is what I think expensive options pay for like college. Why does college cost so much? Well, you get classrooms, you get buildings. It's the environment, right? Why do some of these boot camps cost so much? Well, because you get the synchronous environment where you can network with other people. You can sit next to other people. This is that costs money. It's very expensive. So if we can do that in at the peer to peer level, then you can get 80, 90% of the community of these in-person programs or these expensive programs at a price point, at, at a fractional price point, right? At our price point. And without sort of getting to like, yeah, pure peer-to-peer -peer teaching, which yeah, I don't, I don't think that's very effective, right? So our curriculum is still sort of the skeleton there, serving the structure, the sequence, the depth, and everything else kind of has to fit that. So the spot's goal is not to like, just, you know, present like random topics. It's all within the context of our core curriculum. Okay, let's talk about the job hunt now. So let's talk about John first, since you went through Capstone first. So John, um, I know for you and I, you know, you and I talked about this a lot prior to coming in, even though, you know, we had Tanner coming through, right? Uh, still, you were the youngest and currently still the youngest um, participant in Capstone. And so, you know, we talked about like kind of the risks and the pros and cons of that and how we would deal with it. Do you want to talk about the job hunt process after Capstone and sort of, yeah, just how that went at first? Yeah. So I did have that particular disadvantage. I was pretty young. I graduated high school recently. I didn't have a degree or any college um, experience, actually. So I couldn't even list that. And I also... Um, had gone through lump school so quickly that it probably caused some suspicion or at least filtering out, you know, um, the resumes. So I had a little bit of an unconventional background. Here I was, 19 years old, trying to get a software engineering position after having finished lump school's capstone program, um, no degree. And it was difficult to take the more traditional route where I apply for jobs with a resume and a cover letter online, um, you know, through whether that's like AngelList or LinkedIn or just individual companies' um, websites. Um, I was sending in lots of applications, but I wasn't getting any bites back, not even just for a single phone screen interview. I think I had maybe one, maybe two of those um, from applying in that fashion after like what, 200 applications or so, or maybe it was more like 150 mm -hmm. um, point being. So I was spending a few months trying that. It wasn't really working, tweaking my resume um, because turns out you probably actually don't want to list things related to high school in your resume yeah. when you're trying to do a professional job. 
yeah, so initially I have some high school stuff in there. Nothing. I have no, no, uh, no bites, no leads at all. And so we kind of like took that out because even though those were achievements that I was sort of proud of, it's just not applicable. And it kind of, I guess, gave the employers a bad taste in their mouth or something. But I found the most success by posting on a hacker news thread they run every month called Ask HN, who wants to be hired? There's also a compliment thread for that called Ask HN, who's hiring? And so I posted on the who wants to be hired thread. This is what a month, maybe a month and a half into the job hunt. I can't remember exactly. But so after many failed um, applications and a couple phone screens and other interviews, I applied to, um, I posted on that Hacker News thread, who wants to be hired, listed a little bit more about myself and um, left my email there. And this little startup in San Jose, California, emailed me called Reamaze, working, making software to help facilitate customer conversations. And it's a, a little bit interesting. I finally gotten a little bit of a lead um, and I'd gone through the interviews with them. I was also simultaneously going through the interview process with one or two other uh, companies. But eventually I went through their interview process, got an offer and I accepted because it was a pretty good role, but I just think it's- And a pretty good salary. <laughs> what? Especially, and a pretty good salary, especially for, you know, 19, right? Yeah. And for living in Salt Lake City, Utah, which isn't one of these giant high cost of living cities that you'll see like New York City or San Francisco, or even just like Miami or Austin or Seattle it's still got quite a moderate cost of living over here. So in comparison to that, yeah, it was a pretty good salary. And so, yeah, I've been working with that California startup uh, since. It's yeah, been and how it been? it's been... So I started on November 2nd of 2020. And right now it's what, August 9th of 2021. So almost a year. How, how has your performance been received, I guess, uh, is, you know, since, since they took a chance on you, you took a chance on them, uh, you know, they're a young company, you're a young engineer, what's been the feedback been? Um, I think they're actually overall impressed with me and they're glad they hired me. Um, I've been able to take on many big ticket items dealing with some of our, you know, infrastructure or data um, for example, migrating 20 million uh, file attachments over from one backend to another uh, without any downtime or service um, interruptions or service yeah. degradation. And so they kind of took a chance on me. Here I am, 19 years old, tasked with, I mean, it's kind of crazy when I think about it, but tasked with kind of these business critical projects, which actually are very you know, a lot, it also helped me to grow as an engineer on the job as well. Um, but I, yeah, I was Imagine you were college, sophomore year, you probably would be working on some sort of, you know, made up project. Instead, you're working on, you know, production. System. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, the money aside, of course, salary is going to be good and all that, but just the experience too, right? Much different. Um, so good. And, and uh, just to uh, rewind a little bit, when you talked about your initial resume. I remember looking at your resume. Now, first of all, I have to say, we have a lot of people in Capstone who don't have college degrees. 
And I don't think that itself was the problem. I actually think it was like the extreme youth, right? So most people yes. who don't go to college uh, been doing some other stuff and doesn't have to be tech related. So we have lots of people with that profile. They were working in retail or the restaurant industry or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't have a degree. Um, and yeah, most people, you see, they have work history for like the past 10 years, um, even yeah, if they don't have a degree. But me, it's just blank. <laughs> I think the big change was, and and um, this is probably uh, my bad. I'll, I'll take some blame here. I you you have some really impressive high school credentials that at least I found impressive. <laughs> I remember saying, hey, you know, if I saw that, I would interview you because you know, getting a five on a bunch of AP tests is not easy, right? You got a like a drum award. Um, that's not an easy award to get. If I saw that, I would interview you. But I do think that listing like AP scores, even if they're good. It, it does send a signal that like you're super young, right? So usually yes. resumes don't have any high school information on them at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, even if they're impressive for you, it's like, that's all you did. <laughs> you, you did that and then did launch school and here you are, right? So, um, but uh, but once we remove that, I actually think that things got a little bit easier uh, counterintuitive, mm -hmm. counterintuitively. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit interesting. I, there's a little bit of a hurdle you have to make from, I'm, a student, I've graduated high school and I'm learning and I finished capstone to getting a, your first kind of professional job. And, and everybody has that hurdle, of course. I just, and I felt like it was slightly more difficult for me than it would have been otherwise had I had a few years of work experience or a CS degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, employers are soon trying to do pattern matching, right? So it's like, there's this um, age discrimination usually on the higher end right? But it just, it's more like the more unlike you are other candidates, the, the more employers have to just sort of like feel like they're taking a chance on you a little bit. Yeah. It's convincing them, even given my young age, I'm not a kid that doesn't know what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're the opposite of that. You, you know, absolutely what you're doing, but, um, but yeah. Uh, so let's let's switch over to Adam. So Adam, you did the fall capstone cohort, which came after John. And so I guess John must have been getting his job or starting right when you were like in the middle of your capstone experience. Right, Adam? Yeah, that's right. And then after, so the fall cohort will start there because of the holidays. We start our job hunt in January of the following year. So you, you did that. And what was that yeah. experience like? Yeah, I did, I think it was late January uh, that I started that or mid-January. Um, my job hunt wasn't like John's experience because uh, I benefited from the connection that I had with John in this small team, uh, a small startup as VMAs was at the time. They, uh, they operate more on trust, I think, right? And they're more casual. Um, so I actually did, I was going through interviews with a second company at the same time as VMAs. That was partly because I was starting to get in Remaze interviews and Remaze just scheduled me for a bunch all at once on one day. Like it was an exhausting day, uh, like six hours of interviews. So, and then, then it was over, right? Like they're a small company. They don't have time for a drawn out process. Mm -hmm. So I, I used that to try to accelerate the interview process at another company I was very interested in, another relatively small company. Um, and they did accelerate it. Um, but I didn't quite hear back from them um, before I decided to commit to Remaze. Um, so my job hunt was very short. It was essentially two companies and it was three weeks total. Um, wow, three weeks yeah. total. And 
and again, these are really good salaries. I mean, like you and John combined, I mean, we can we can say around around a quarter million combined, right? That's a it, it's mm-hmm. crazy that we can use million as a as the measure right now. <laughs> but but uh, uh, so you ended up really amazed as well with John, um, partly because John referred you, and you know they trust John, but also because you did well on the interviews. That okay. Okay. And you, so you've been there, if John's been there for just under a year, you, you're there now, maybe six months or so. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Just shy. Five and a half months, almost six months. months. Okay. And how, how do you feel you're doing? Are you getting good, good, uh, good results? I mean, good. Yeah. Good performance feedback. Yeah. I, I haven't got any notes, so, so to speak, like, uh, I've done a tiny bit of improv and they'll like give you notes if they have some, some, some feedback. I have a fairly laid back manager, uh, the same manager that, that John has. And I think he is, he, he did tell me once, uh, he had no, uh, doubts about my technical ability. Um, Oh, really? I yeah. I haven't got a lot of feedback overall. Uh, okay. He's very hands-off and, and I, I frankly kind of like that. But I think it does make me, I think it leans into my complacency a little bit and I should probably uh, initiate a little bit, a little bit more communication. I, I really enjoy the asynchronous work environment that I'm in. Yeah, you, where, I have very where, where are you both? You're both still in Utah? That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, we are both still in Utah working for Bay Area company. Uh, Utah companies, they don't pay, pay as much. Um, and I certainly would have some hesitancies uh, for working for Utah company in terms of company culture. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing that I really like about, about Reme is that I suggest people look for, if that's what they like, is a good engineering culture, meaning that they don't have you in a lot of meetings. And my last job as an analyst, I was in a fair few of meetings, um, and especially my position before that. And as far as I'm concerned, the fewer meetings, the happier you are. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes bigger companies will have a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of process, a lot of inter-team communication, right, and uh, and uh, intra-team communication as well. But uh, being in a really small startup, high trust, people know how to work with each other, and you two being, you know, on the same team in the same um, room together, huge, it just eliminates a lot of communication overhead. Now, Remains did a good acquire, so you're both officially employees of GoDaddy, a much larger company. How has that experience been? Um, even just under one year here of working with them, it sounds like you went through a lot. Um, so, you know, big company has some benefits and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is John speaking. And so the acquisition actually did go rather smoothly. It's as far as a day-to-day work and kind of culture goes, it's pretty much stayed the same. It still feels like the small uh, company, the small startup that we were working for, it still feels like we're working for them today. Um, we're still, in the same team and uh, working on the same things. Um, though we also have had a little bit of an increase in scope of work, you know, regarding the acquiring company, you know, integrating with their products. But it's still, it's, I think it's gone quite well. I mean, still there's minimal meetings. I mean, what, maybe one meeting every one, like one meeting a week maximum. And of course I can just ping somebody on Slack or pull them over for a quick talk if I want to. Maximum? Wow, that is a pleasure. That's nice. Um, so they really protect your time in terms of letting you be focused and yeah, yeah. Like async. Giving uh, you the freedom to just, um, yeah, async work and work on, be heads down and focused when I need it. But also, you know, um, everyone there is great and ready to share their knowledge and talk if I want to as well. 
Yeah, this is definitely. Adam. I just want to interject about how awesome it is to work remotely and have this async meeting culture because I'm not sure I can ever go back to mm -hmm. eight to five, you know, button seat sort of sort of culture. Um, so in that regard, um, the pandemic has had one benefit and that it may have opened the eyes to employees and employers that remote culture can work. Mm -hmm. Right. Being able to, as long as, I mean, we're supposed to work 40 hours a week, of course, but it doesn't really matter. We don't have to be there from nine on the dot to five on the dot. We can take two hours for lunch if we need to, maybe work an hour later, start at 10 and end at six or really what's best for our schedule since it is kind of, you know, an async culture where we're not in these constant um, meetings, which I think is fantastic. And you two seem to have the best of both worlds because sometimes when you're in that async remote environment, it can get very lonely, but you have each other and you're on the same team. So you, you can talk about work and sort of not lose that collaboration um, if you want it. So that's a really unique experience. Now, I'm kind of wondering, tying back to sort of what you said earlier when you were studying at launch school, you know, riding your bike to the library, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then playing tennis. I mean, you can still do that now, except now you're just, again, making around a quarter million dollars together. <laughs> just, <laughs> just doing the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, of course, life can't be that simple forever, but it is great to still have mostly that kind of um, freedom and that feeling. Yeah. And what does your grandmother say now in terms of, you know, Seeing, seeing you come through it on the other end. Oh, I think she's reluctantly agreed that I've made the right choice, but she still wishes I went to university. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you tell her that you're in a, enrolled in a bachelor's program now? Oh yeah, I think she knows. So she she's, good. She's, like, she's good. She just wants me. Um, the funny thing is she, as Adam mentioned, lives across the street from the university campus. One of the reasons she bought a house there is she imagined that her grandchildren would kind of board with her and go up to the university up there, but. Oh man. So, but, yeah. That's funny. That's so funny. One, one more topic maybe I wanted to just ask um, because I do get this question quite a bit from prospective law school people or even people in law school. They're, they're kind of wondering what the difference is between law school and a computer science degree. So both of you, currently enrolled in computer science degrees. Adam's almost done. John, you're like a third of the way through. And both of you, have, having finished launch school to the end, you know, seeing the end and, and you know, working out and, and also just working uh, John for eight months, nine months, Adam for six months. Yeah, maybe talk to, talk to us a little bit about that and share with people what you think there in terms of launch school versus computer science and applicability to, to the industry. Yeah, so... Uh, this is John, a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm only a third of the way through, so I can't really say anything conclusive since I haven't gotten onto the later courses um, in my computer science degree. But law school and computer science degree curriculum, they do differ by quite a lot. And I found that so far, what I've learned in my computer science program, um, it doesn't really apply to my job. Launch school, of course, is the opposite um, in the sense that much of the stuff is directly applicable or it kind of provides a gateway into learning the correct things in the right way. And so while still um, being a lot more rigorous um, than the computer science degree is actually in my experience. And I think Adam, you can expand more on that as well. I would say launch school is more rigorous than, than your computer science courses? Yes. 
Yeah, this is Adam. Uh, it is Western Governors University. So if you have the opportunity to go to Stanford's program or something, do it. But I think Western Governors is probably more typical of a larger number of colleges, uh, courses in, in programs. Um, it's a painful experience learning to program through, through their computer science program, right? Um, Western Governors has not been a pleasant experience for me. I haven't hated it. Sometimes I enjoy the material, but there is no aspect of it that was well-designed from the ground up, either for job suitability or pedagogically, um, which obviously go together. Um, you need to really master something to, to do it on the job. I think that makes a huge difference. I have a cousin who did a computer science degree and he his heart wasn't in it from the beginning, but still um, he was, if anything, like he was just not interested in working in the field after that degree. And that blows my mind because that's a lot of time. And I think one reason is just that degrees are often very unpleasant because it's apparent to students that what they're doing is a lot of times busy work, right? It's not essential to performing at their job. And right by performing at their job, I don't just mean putting together another React button, but understanding the basis of their job. That's just not really true of CS degrees. So it's intrinsically less motivating. I see them as two very different categories. Long school, if you want to get good at something, and Western governors, if you just need to check off a box. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, I was interrupting, but um, do you find it that it's almost easier to do a computer science degree now as a working engineer because you have more contacts for some of those more theoretical foundations or? I'll, I'll take that since John didn't start until after. I would say it is, but um, how I experience that is primarily confidence. Um, like I'm, I'm confident that I can do this larger Java course, one of the last courses in the program, but it's still a huge pain. Whereas um, previous to law school and, and Capstone, I did not have that confidence, right? And it wouldn't have been justified. So I think it's um, easier, but still painful. Okay, so um, we won't, we, I, I, I don't want to put too much um, negativity on other <laughs> more just like comparing contrasts, right? And I do think that, um, yeah, there's a, what you said is actually right. There's a large variance in different computer science programs out there. So computer science period is not a good phrasing either, right? But I do think in general, universities don't necessarily sequence their courses in a very friendly way. Mm -hmm. Professors um you know teach a topic but they may teach it using one language and then the next course will teach it in a different language because a different professor is teaching that course and they may not even know that you don't know that language um so i think it's it, it can be disjointed but yeah i think that's maybe one of the differences and why something like launch school can even exist right obviously if higher ed was called university specifically was um filling this this gap launch school wouldn't exist and it wouldn't need to exist but mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm glad both of you took that chance on launch school. And I'm so happy, you know, that on the, now on the other end of it, you're reaping the benefits. Uh, and in the long run, you're, you're going to have your degrees anyway, right? Adam's going to have two degrees. <laughs> and <laughs> I think there's something about my personality that dislikes apparent purposelessness or, uh, and what you described about courses being disjoint, going from one language to the next. That's definitely true. Um, of Western governors. I'm actually very pro-college. If it's something like Stanford's program and I had the chance to do that right now, I might. Right. I, I do look at how purposeful something seems and uh, 
So, so that's, that's one reason that I'm so much more on the law school side. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm definitely not anti-college or anything. Um, I had a great time in college, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just, there's more than one path. Right. And it, I, I think people need to not always assume this is the way for every high school person to go. And also I, I feel like just saying X percent goes to college as a success criteria really allows colleges to abuse people right to not actually deliver what the goal of college is because attending is success right so a lot of high schools for example will measure success that way right Mm -hmm. 80% of our graduates go to college as 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 a point of success in itself so yeah so this has been a really really meandering conversation we covered a lot sort of working together through capstone or launch school core and capstone um, hitting the job market with different profiles, working, skipping college, or doing college later. I shouldn't say skip college, it's doing college later, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a really, really interesting conversation. Um, you know, we'll see. We have somebody younger in the program, in the core curriculum, even younger than you, John. So oh. we'll see if that person does capstone or not. <laughs> but so far, you're the record. Well, yeah, this is Adam. It's been a pleasure catching up. It's been a while. Very glad I, I ended up doing Capstone because now I get to worry about bigger, better problems in my life than what I'm going to do as a career or for money. Like taxes, right? <laughs> get to worry yeah. about that. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure to be on, Chris, and to catch up. And I hope that uh, my experience can uh, enable younger folks to also consider maybe options that aren't just going straight into university right away. Um, because you can take multiple different routes, like launch school, university, or the two together, just one before the other. And just realizing that other options are out there and there exist. Um, yeah, I hope that somebody can find this podcast and realize that. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Fantastic. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.